You're listening to The Sigrun Show, episode number 27. In this episode, I'm speaking to Dennis Duffield-Thomas about how to create a million-dollar online course. Welcome to The Sigrun Show. I'm your host, Sigrun, creator of Samba, the MBA program for online entrepreneurs. With each episode, I'll share with you inspiring case studies and interviews to help you achieve your dreams and turn your passion into profits. Thank you for spending time with me today. Building an online business takes time. I share with you proven strategies to help you get there faster. You'll also learn how to master your mindset, up-level your marketing, and succeed with masterminds. Today's guest is Dennis Duffield-Thomas, money mindset mentor for online female entrepreneurs. Denise helps women release their fear around money, set premium prices for their services, and get rid of limiting beliefs around money. She is most known for her million-dollar online course, The Money Bootcamp. You'll find links to Denise and her website, plus show notes of this episode, by going to sigrun.com forward slash 27. I'm so excited to be here with Dennis Duffield-Thomas again. <laughs> we recently spoke on a Facebook Live, and now I told her she's probably going to get sick of me talking so much with me. <laughs> never, never. We always have such juicy conversations, so yeah. I think today's one's going to be really great too. Yes. So yeah, we have talked about at least two times or even three times about money mindset and six and seven, six, seven figures, money mindset. And this time I want to pick another topic that I know you talk about a lot is how to create a million dollar online course. Yes. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> we can take a pause after that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. This can't be hard to understand when you're far away from making even five or six figures with an online course. Yep. So how about stepping way back? What did you do before you created your money bootcamp? Well, you have to go pretty far back because I've been coaching and training and teaching and talking for for quite a long time. And I actually started doing that at university. I was the president of my business club and I had to do a weekly personal development kind of course, I suppose, with my team. And, you know, it's it really started from there of just getting used to teaching and coaching and, and you know, just turning up to talk basically. So I always say to people, before you even bother about starting your course, start with a blog, start with a podcast, start with something. Because first of all, you've got to know what your audience wants. And if you don't have an audience, mm. you don't know. So before you even go into doing a course, that might not be your forever topic, that you might have to refine things as you go. I would suggest doing something like you're doing. Start a podcast, start blogging yeah. every single day and work out what it is that you want to talk about. Because my very first kind of course that I ever created was actually for a real estate in my local area when I lived in London, I created a sales and marketing bootcamp for them. And it was kind of mm -hmm. like an online kind of thing. And you know what? 
it wasn't my passion, you know? And so I think the road to creating something that could be a million dollar course is littered with bad ideas and cast off kind of ideas. My next course that I created was called the Raw Brides Transformation Plan. This was me when I was getting, (laughs) it sounds so random. I was getting ready for my own wedding. I was really into raw food. I lost a bunch of weight on raw food. So I was like, well, this can be my business. I can mash Mm -hmm. losing weight, getting married, raw food, squish it all together. There's my business. (laughs) So I ran that course and it had one person on it, one person. And she was too shy to speak up in any of the live calls that we did. We did, you know, telecalls. And I would say, okay, so if anyone has a question, raise your hand on the call. And I could see her there. She never put her hand up. So I had to go, okay, so we've got a question from Rebecca that she said earlier. So that was my next kind of course. And you know what? It wasn't my passion. It wasn't my long-term kind of thing. So again, you're going to have practices, you're going to have failures. But my next course was called Inspired Life, the Inspired Life Formula. This was when I was very kind of, you know, just being a life coach. I didn't really know what my niche was going to be or my specialty. And I had five people on that course and one person refunded. So I had four people participating on that course. And as you can imagine, you know, we had a Facebook group. It was pretty quiet with five people in there. The calls that we did, the training calls were pretty quiet as well. But then the first time I ran my money boot camp, which we've spoken about before, I had 42 people on it. And 42 people. Yes. Yeah. But, but you think, but I'd been running kind of crappy courses for quite a few years. So what I'm trying to say by that is that some people, it's easy to think of someone else as an overnight success. And really, when you look at the reality, it's not. But I see a lot of people run their first course, they have one person on there or no people on there, and they think they're the biggest failures. And it's Mm -hmm. not true because it takes so much courage. It takes overcoming resistance, procrastination, fear to get that sales page done and to create the materials. And if there is one person on that course, you just got paid to create an asset that could continue on for years and years for you. So that person was the gift for you to overcome the resistance and the procrastination. And you can't see that as a failure. And I don't, I do not see Raw Brides Transformation Plan as a failure. That was, that kicked off so many things for me. You know, I had to learn how to create a sales page. I had to learn how to do instant tele-seminar you know, I don't know if yeah. you've ever used Instant Tele Seminar, but you log on no, and then. No, never. Oh, and it was it was crazy because I remember you had to like go into one tab and press record, and then you had to go into another tab, and I was like, "This is horrible!" But that's what running your first course is like. Everything feels like it's too much. You know, it's like, "Oh my god, what just happened? I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to do that." So it's it's just a fascinating process to go through, and. Yeah, you're going to make a lot of mistakes. So that's how my yeah. million dollar course really, you know, started <laughs> is 42 people, but really I started with my real estate boot camp and then my Real Brad's transformation plan and then my inspired life formula and I just got a little bit better at it. Yeah. 
So how many people did you have your list? You know, like, where did these 42 come from? I could probably tell you exactly because I do keep I do keep a record of my list. I think I had about 4,000 people on my list at that stage. So where did they come from? I showed up and blogged every single week and that's where they came from. Uh, even when nobody read my blog, which no one does at the start, you know, people freak out about, I can't blog because I'm going to get all these haters. It's like, honey, no one's watching. <laughs> <laughs> no one is reading your blog. <laughs> no one. Your mom was going to read it unless your mom writes you hate mail. Chances are it's not, it's not going to happen. So, you know, I blogged every week, even when I was doing Royal Brides. You know, I, I got sick of blogging about raw food and weddings because I was like, I don't care about weddings. I actually don't know that much about raw food. But the point is I showed up every week no matter what and that's where those people came from because at the end of each blog post I would say, great, I've got a freebie for you, you know, the typical kind of yeah. add an opt-in. Yeah. And I don't always remember what those opt-ins were. They weren't always amazing things but I had something and, and yeah. it, that, really, that really helped. I think my daughter's knocking on the door. What a lovely. <laughs> She's like, mom. Um, so, yeah, you know what, though? When I did those blog posts and I turned up and did, I even did a, a ton of webinars at that time too with nobody on them, nobody. Yeah. That's how it works. And you build an audience one by one by one. Hey, Wilsey. <laughs> my daughter's just going oh, to say We have a visitor on the podcast. We do have That's a visitor. Great. Hey, hi. this is Sigrun. Do you want to say hi to Sigrun? Hi. 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 She's interviewing me. Yeah. Can you go downstairs and see Daddy, please? I don't want to. I know. We <laughs> had a little inter <laughs> interrupter. <laughs> Thanks, babe. No worries. That's just more fun. Exactly. Um, but, you know, I think the point of that is, is the consistency. You know, I sent my newsletter out every single week, even when there was nobody there you know but I imagined you know I'm sending this out and thousands of people are waiting for this newsletter and yeah. and now I get those messages of people going I wait for your newsletter to come out every Thursday I'm yeah. you know and I listen to it on the way to, to dropping my kids off at school but at the start no one's watching no one's listening and that's how you build your audience is just by showing up being consistent making offers giving them you know giving them a reason to come back and that's not easy. It's not. It's absolutely not no, easy. No, I want to say people really don't want to hear that. That sounds a lot of work. And the consistency is what I see most people struggle with. Well, because it's not sexy. It's no. not. It's not sexy. And, <laughs> and I've even asked too, I'm like, oh, a perfect example. My friend is really fit and healthy. And I was like, oh, you're so lucky. And she goes, Denise, I get up every morning at five o'clock and go running in Central Park. Like I really watch my diet. I do this. And I was like, oh, isn't there anything else? Like, <laughs> it was like, oh, but surely there's, a, there's an easier way. And she's like, no, like this is what it takes no. for me. And I hear people say that to me. They're like, what's your, you know, what's your silver bullet for getting a million dollar business? It's like, well, you show up and you be consistent every single week, even when there's no one watching. And they're like, but isn't there like a, I don't know, a sexy social media tip? And you're like, yeah. not really. <laughs> not really. So 42 people on the first course. How did that go? You know what? It felt amazing. It felt amazing. Yeah. However, the reason why I think the universe sends us what we can handle, you know, and people get disappointed sometimes about 
not having enough people on their course, it takes a lot of work to do the admin for it as well. It's not just selling it. You have to then deliver it. And what I noticed is that some people, they don't have the capacity to deliver stuff. They don't have the customer service infrastructure. They don't have the systems worked out. So even having 42 people felt overwhelming. It really did because Mm. I didn't have great systems. The membership site that everyone went to, to view the videos, everyone had the same password. It was just a password protected page, right? So, which is fine until then you get your first refund and then you're like, do I have to change the password for everyone now? (laughs) Because this person can still access it. You know, we didn't have great email systems. People would email and go, I can't find my password. And I'd go, oh man, because I was delivering it. I'd sold it. And then now I had to do all the admin for it as well. So I think we have to realize that you build up your capacity for having more people in your course as you build the systems to support it. And I'm very, I can't even really partner with people or be an affiliate for people if they haven't got those things worked out because I could send a whole bunch of traffic their way and they do not have the capacity literally to hold the traffic to be able to do customer service for more than, you know, a handful of people. And so 42 felt great, but I was like, oh, this is hard work. I need to change. Yeah. So you're basically saying it's even better to get fewer the first time. Oh, definitely. There are so many bugs to iron out every time you do a course that you didn't even expect. And so having one person is the perfect test ground. Although what I see people do, though, is that they go, well, I only had one person, so I'm, I'm never going to do that again. And it's like, yeah. no, you, you improve it because you did so much work. It's less work the second time and then the third yeah. time and then the fourth time. And you think of Marie Folio for B-score. You know, she's continued to run this program since 2010. I'm sure they had to do a lot of work to be able to have 30,000 people go through that. Yes. Yeah. So how did you know that they wanted this course? Oh, that's a great question. I find that some of the best courses come out of people doing one-to-one work. Yes. Uh, And that's what was true for me. I had one-to-one clients. I was talking to them about my methodologies and all that kind of stuff and teaching them the tools that I teach on Money Bootcamp. And I actually just got to capacity. You know, I was thinking I can't, I can't actually serve any more people. And capacity for me as an introvert is about 15 people a week. And I I know for some practitioners and some coaches, they can see 50 clients a week. For me, I maxed out at 15. I just couldn't, I couldn't hold the energy for many more people than that. So I was like, oh, maybe I'll just, you know, run a little group for them and I can teach them all the stuff I'm teaching them one-to-one and maybe that will work okay. And I actually had to go through some real mindset stuff. And I'm sure you're not surprised to hear this because I, no. I felt like I felt like I was cheating. You know, I was like, oh, instead of doing 15 individual calls, I can just do one call and actually, you know, get paid quite well for running a group. It felt weird. You know, it did. It felt icky. It, it hit my money block that you have to work really hard to make money. Yeah. And even though the group work was less money that I would charge for one-to-one I still felt like I was unworthy of that money which is a very interesting and very common thing that I see with people who resist creating passive income or or leveraging income like running a group course and I had it too yeah I guess we all go through it (laughs) yes absolutely 
So how long had you worked one-on-one clients before you created this course? About a year and a half, but also I continue to see one-to-one clients for probably another year after that too. But because I was getting some more income coming from my course, I raised my prices, my one-to-one prices. I only took on a handful of clients and they had to work with me for six months. So it afforded me some boundaries around my work, which is another reason why I'm so passionate about women having passive income sources because you can be pickier. You know, you can turn away a client because you can say, you know what, I'm not for you or I I can't serve you, you know, or uh, let's be frank, some of those pain in the butt clients who are difficult to deal with, when you have no other source of income, you feel like you have to take on everyone (laughs) and you you don't like turning people away. So it afforded me, yeah, just some boundaries around my work and that felt really good. So how many times did you launch it until you started to work with affiliates? Oh, I don't actually know that exactly. But the reason why it took me a while is because I couldn't work out the technology aspect of it, you know. And so, but again, when you start your course, you don't have to do everything at once because each time you add a a layer of complexity, it does complicate things. So I wouldn't even suggest people do affiliates for a while because it just, you know, there's the tech to deal with. And then suddenly you've got people to, you know, customer service for the affiliates as well which, yeah. you know, takes a lot of time, especially for us now where we've got a couple of thousand affiliates, you know, people don't know how their link works. People want to ask questions. It's just a new layer of complexity that I think it took me probably about at least a year, if not two years to add that in. And you know what? The first couple of years of bootcamp, it wasn't an evergreen program either. I think, mm. I think it was a year and a half of um, we ran it four times um, four or five times in that time so I was just I was just figuring stuff out to be honest <laughs> yeah took a while did you see that it just would gonna be evergreen no I didn't because I it was a continuation of the money block right of you have to work hard to make money yeah so at first I even had to get over the fact of doing a group program and being able to be paid for it feeling like it was less work And then it hit me again when I wanted to turn it evergreen because I thought, you know what, I don't want to do another live round for a while, but I know this work is important and I know what people want to access it now. And it felt, it just was like, oh, but but if people come in and I'm not then doing live calls, that's like really wrong to make money out of that, (laughs) you know. So I actually cut the price in half for, for evergreen. And I mean, we can chat about the pricing because it's the boot camp has been yeah. so many different prices, over, and I've learned yeah. a ton of lessons around that. But I was like, well, it doesn't have any value if I'm not doing live calls, so I'm just going to cut the price in half, and not realizing how much work it would still be, and how much I'd still want to be involved in the group, and you know, add extra value, and so it was a big, it was a big decision for me, and it felt um, it felt weird, and then it didn't, you know. It's yeah. like everything. Then you get over it and then it's normal. Exactly, exactly. But the pricing thing was an interesting block around it. because Yeah, I thought, please share that. Okay, so the bootcamp has been so many prices. When I first launched it, it was, I think I said it's $1,000, but it was a 750 early bird you know, rate. Yeah. And I told myself no one will ever buy it full price because it's 
not worth it. So everyone bought it the early bird and no one bought it full price because that was... You had decided that. That was my decision. Um, The next time I ran it, I noticed myself doing it. And I said, you know what, this is worth full price as well. So we had probably about 75 people buy the early bird and about 25% people buy um, at the full price. So then it was $1,000. And then I decided to turn it evergreen. So I made it 497. And, but I was like, oh, I'm still in this group every single day. You know, this is, this is still worth people buying this. So I decided to, to take it back up to 750. And then I think about uh, maybe another year later or so, I decided to take it up to 1497. So I did a big, not closing down sale, but like, this is the last time it's going to be at this, at this price, which I love doing because people, you know, you'll have people who want to join your course from day one, but they're on the fence for years. And so things like that, really giving people a lot of time to jump on at the current price works always so well. So then it went to 1497. And then um, when we did the last live round, you know, we we said it's $2,000 for the live and you can get the early bird at 1497. And then we've, we've finally just um, taken it up to $2,000 flat. So it's, it's been a really interesting progression and people listening might be thinking, well, it's the same program. How could you charge so many different prices for it? And I think the answer to that is it's your course. You know, you decide yeah. and you have to feel good about what you're charging. And I do feel really, I feel really good about charging that $2,000 now because I know that the program is really worth it. But yeah. you can also change it at any time. You know, it's, it's totally okay for you to, to change your mind and change your prices. So th- people have lifetime access. What do you think of lifetime access versus 12-month access? Mm. or membership sites like could you imagine doing that you know what I think that would be my next money block to deal with is making a membership so it's totally honest because I've been thinking about it for a couple of years especially my my great friend uh, Leonie Dawson has a membership and you know there's been times because we started a lot of things like that at the same time I was thinking wow yeah you know having that regular membership income would be really interesting but then I also see with Marie Folio how, you know, it's lifetime access, you pay once, how that really builds the community and that loyalty. And, and so I don't think there's a right or wrong around it. Yeah. And I, I do feel very comfortable having that lifetime access because I see how much the older members really contribute and help the new members. And that's come from a sense of loyalty. You know, they feel... I think they feel appreciative of being, you know, to continue to be around and they get all the upgraded versions, they get to come all to all yes. the live calls, all that kind of stuff. So that feels really that feels really good for me. But I honestly for I think people could go either way. I don't think there's a right or wrong. Yeah. Well there are more and more people do membership sites or have a limit on how long you have access. Yes, although I I have done this recently because I I did a new program called the Sacred Money Archetypes and that one was um, you do get lifetime access to the materials if we do it, you know, do it again, but it had a group that was only open for the length of the program and that felt Mm -hmm. really good too because I realized that sometimes people with lifetime access programs they don't have the urgency and the accountability to finish anything 
And it was a, exactly. Yeah, it was a different experience. I could really see people freaking out about it too towards the end. They're like, well, can't you just keep the group open? And it's like, you know what? No, no, this is a moment in time and you get what you need out of it. And that's it. So it, that felt great as well. And But then I, I do like the lifetime stuff too. Yeah. How, so how many years has the bootcamp existed now? So we started it in July 2012. So what's that? That's five years of running that program. Yeah. Have you never wanted to do something completely new? Yes and no. I mean, I've in that time, I've had two young kids as well. So I've got a one-and-a-half-year-old yeah. and a three-and-a-half-year-old. So I kind of deliberately made that decision to go evergreen knowing that I wanted to have kids and knowing that that model would support me um, as a parent, not have to launch, not have to do live rounds and still have that income. So I think if I probably didn't have kids in that time, I might have been a bit more distractible. <laughs> I might distractible have, is the word. Yes. I might have had a bit more energy for yeah. new ideas. But my philosophy is all roads lead to boot camp. So mm. I can create smaller products and smaller courses as long as it leads to one direction, which is boot camp for now. And that is also because I know I want to have more kids. So, yeah. you know, ask me again in 10 years time when my kids are all at school and I might be itching to do something different. But for now, it is just such a beautiful vehicle to support my yes. work and to support how I want to show up and support people. But also it it serves my life right now and the reality yeah. of my life. And I know a lot of people who teach how to create e-courses. That's a big selling point for people, um, especially for women, is to have that flexibility. And not even people who want to have kids because some people want to be able to have that business model so they can travel or they can, you know, do other things. But I have to say as a, as a mom, it's been a great way to keep myself focused. Yes. And I, I must admire both your consistency and also the focus of not getting distracted, creating constantly new things or stopping this consistency from your blog and also doing interviews like this. How many do you do per year? Um, I've lost count a little bit, to be honest, because I think at some stage I was doing about 200 a year. And <laughs> because I, I try and get into a ha because it's a habit, it's a consistency yes. habit and it doesn't happen by accident. I have my team constantly out pitching me. So I might do on average, I try and do about five interviews a week during launch times that might be five a day. And, you know, and that's, again, that doesn't happen by accident. That's just the consistency of showing up, showing up, talking, 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 talking. <laughs> and then um, all yeah. roads lead to boot camp. Yes. Yep. Yes. I have to say though, I do get tempted sometimes to tweak bootcamp a little bit too much. Yeah. You know, I, I do a new version every couple of years. We just did one and, you know, I always think, oh, I could add this. I could add this. I could add this. And I have to go, you know what? The core program is enough. It really is. I'd rather use that creative energy to maybe create a little free resource or a new opt-in because that's going to lead to bootcamp eventually anyway. Yes. Yeah. And that's how you create a million-dollar course. Yes, you do, from having <laughs> one person and then five people, then 42, and then blah, blah, blah. Yeah, it does. It's, yeah. I know it sounds really unsexy again, but it is just like that consistency, isn't it? It's just 
being consistent again, launching it again, tweaking, launching it again. Because sometimes I tell myself, oh, everyone's seen this. And I was like, everyone in the world? (laughs) No. (laughs) No, I think you can never repeat it enough. Exactly. So, yeah, I guess that's my advice is just keep on with it, you know, be consistent. It's okay to tweak, but it's also okay if you're doing a course right now and you think this isn't my true work, you know. So it's okay to stop or shift if you think, you know what, this is my practice course and it still taught me a lot. You know, there's you can't discount the experience of having courses like my Raw Brides course. You know, that's yeah. all part of all part of the journey. So it's also okay to quit one if you don't think it's the right one. Yeah. But when you have the right one, you know, and then you need to focus on that one. Exactly. Yeah, I agree. Thank you so much <laughs> for joining us today, Denise. Thanks, Sigrid. <laughs> Yeah, it's always a pleasure. And now I will leave you alone for a while. (laughs) (laughs) Well, maybe I can come on every like 50 guests because I'd love to. Something like that. Yes, you know, I always love chatting with you and I appreciate it as well. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Thank you so much. You'll find links to Denise and her website plus show notes of this episode by going to sigrun.com forward slash 27. Thank you for listening to The Sigrun Show. Did you enjoy this episode? If you did, please share, subscribe, and give the show a review on iTunes. See you in the next episode.